Welcome to ADHD Flourishing about living awesomely with autism and ADHD. You deserve recognition for both the challenges and the superpowers of this unique neurotype. Let's celebrate wisdom and support from real life stories and talk strategies to manage the difficulties of day-to-day life so we can move beyond that to thriving and building a sustainable and awesome life. If you want to be here, you are accepted here and you belong. I'm your ADHD host, Mattia Murray. Let's do this. Today's topic is how much time does it actually take to create something? And I know it doesn't necessarily sound like it immediately, but this is actually a follow-up to the monotropism episode, the interview with Fergus Murray. And I actually have now several episodes that I would like to make following up on this core idea because monotropism is a really, really useful idea for ADHD people in particular. Not the least because I didn't know until actually talking to Fergus live that with the initial monotropism questionnaire validation study. In that validation study, ADHD people were the most monotropic, and anecdotally, that makes sense to me. And again, that doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of interests or that our brains aren't flitting around, but there's all these interesting effects, I find, that monotropism has for me with all of that jumping around. And one of them is creating takes a lot more time than I ever want it to, even with the occasional random, you know, a song just landing and being partly written, which for me, it's usually not a whole song. It's like just a chorus or just a verse or something. That's usually what appears. But even with that, when I actually want to finish something, because I'm talking about creating things, not in just having a creative urge or drafting something or starting something, I'm talking about finishing. And if you make things... (laughs) you probably experience this, it just feeling like it's really difficult and takes forever to finish things, to actually do that last little bit. Or like for me, even if I've had a piece premiered, a musical piece premiered by someone else, like I had five classical premieres in 2021, I don't think I put any of them on YouTube ever. So, you know, that last little bit of clearly putting something forward, making it a part of my online presence, all of that stuff, that last little bit of the project is just the hardest part. And for me, this comes back to monotropism. I'm just going to use the specific example that today, as I'm recording this, (laughs) I actually turned away from what I was planning to do today, which was I had a whole day blocked off, very unusual for me, just to create and actually finish recording this workshop I've been working on and I've put a lot of time into about spending impulsivity. And it's an important topic. I gathered a lot of notes. I wrote a lot of notes. I wrote way too much and it kind of is becoming two entire workshops, one on spending impulsivity and one on impulsivity in general from a neurodivergent perspective. And even though I had done all this prep work and had all this stuff together, what happened was uh, actually my partner wanted to have somebody over in the middle of the day. And I was just like, oh shit, that's going to throw my whole day off, isn't it? But we talked about like, okay, how can we kind of minimize noise? And I had my noise canceling headphones. What I was trying to do, my intention coming into the morning was to be able to record what I wanted to record before the person came over, just in case it threw me off. And what actually happened was as I started to try to work on it in the morning, my brain was just like, nope, 
this isn't enough time. I can't do this. Like we're not going to be able to get it done. And I was frustrated. So I instead just intentionally set that aside rather than banging my head against the wall, which used to be what I would do. I just said, you know what? That's true. I knew I needed a whole day for this and now I don't have the whole day. So I'm just going to work on podcast stuff instead because I've actually been wanting to batch more for the podcast because the other thing I've been noticing in my personal experience is that my unconscious mind has decided that the majority of the creative ideas I need are related to this podcast. And that's lovely for the podcast itself. Obviously, I've got a ton and ton of ideas, but when I'm working on other creative things and trying to get other things done, what I'm finding is I just keep having ideas for the podcast. And that is a great example of monotropism at work, right? It's my brain having this huge focus of this big project that I'm loving, that I'm enjoying. And it just, my brain keeps giving me ideas for this. And what I would ideally like to do, knowing myself, knowing my own cyclical process and just how my brain works, I have this idea, I haven't actually tried this yet, but I have this idea that if about once a month, I can take about two days and just do all my podcast stuff. So taking any guests that I've recorded, making any kind of additional episodes related to that, um, you know, like if there's like this, like something where I want to talk about the topic more, etc. that if I can make about a month's worth of content at a time, that it will help my brain sequester that creatively and give me more space for other creative things outside of the podcast. Because again, it's not a problem. It's just very clear that my unconscious right now is like, hey, this is the thing. This is what we are doing. And yeah, I I kind of would like more space to complete some other things for my brain as well. So back to this original question, how much time does it take to create? This is not just for artists, although obviously, you know, that is a lot of what I think about is creating, you know, explicitly creative things. But you know, if you are a programmer, if you, I don't know, there's so many things that we make that require creativity and focus. And I've heard again and again from neurodivergent people, oh, I've got, you know, this time off. I've got this afternoon off. I've got this day off. Why can't I get my writing done? Well, it's because it's not just about that one block of time. It's about the space your brain needs to rest to take in other creative, interesting things that feed us. And no, you can't just rush all of that. Even if you understand all the steps of the creative process and what's required, if you are particularly monotropic, like me, if your brain tends to hone in on things and like to put a lot of effort into it, again, that doesn't mean I'm only thinking about that one thing all the time. My brain is still ranging around and noticing what's happening and jumping around from different topics. But like I said before, it's almost like my unconscious has decided this is the big thing we're focusing on. And what I've found for myself is having one big project at a time is much, much, much easier than having two projects, which is much, much, much easier than three projects. Like I think it's nonlinear for me. I think the more projects or additional things on my plate. It's, it's a, you know, that it's not just a line, it's a <laughs> parabola for the difficulty 
because of how much it takes for my brain to do those little finishing aspects at the end of something. And yes, there's all this lovely energy when you're in the middle of something, but also for bigger works, for bigger projects, it just takes a lot more brain space. So again, I have not solved this problem for myself. I am very much trying to figure out how I make the space for multiple big things. Uh, And some of that is cyclical and I'm working with that. But some of that is also just saying no and also telling my brain we're not doing this right now. So for example, last fall, fall 2023, I said, you know what? I'm kind of done or at a good pausing point with some of the music projects and I need to just say that I'm not composing for the rest of the year, which was a few months. And that's a big deal for me because usually writing music is on the back burner at the very least, or I have some active project almost all of the time. So it was actually very unusual for me to say even three months off, but I knew that the back burner projects that I had, if I was to try to put time into them, I just didn't have the capacity to really give them my whole attention. And I could just feel <laughs> that my my creative parts were not oriented toward that work. They were really oriented toward this speaking, writing, you know, ADHD, neurodivergent stuff. That's just where my focus was. And to try to pull myself away from that, I just don't think I would have enjoyed the process or probably not the outcome either, honestly. Now, did I occasionally sit down at the piano and fuck around? Yes, I did. So, you know, it's not saying I can't do those things when I'm not focused on something, but a huge part of recognizing, working with, and just acknowledging how monotropic I personally am is not having a dozen projects going at once. Even though, again, if I were to kind of list out everything that's sort of in process right now, it's probably pushing 10 projects. But again, some of them are, I've explicitly set them aside and said, you know, this is not active right now. So that's on that larger timescale. What about on the smaller timescale? If, for example, you are one of those people who has occasional free time and you're trying to use it for your own personal or kind of side creative projects, if your creative projects are not part of your main daily work. There's no one answer for everyone. Obviously, I can't tell you how much time you personally need, although usually it is something we figure out when I'm talking to people, you know, over a period of time about their work is we start to get a sense of, oh, okay, you need a whole week at a time, for example, or you need, if you say have, you know, a day job, you need a full day or two between that and when you can start doing your personal writing. Which again, if you work a traditional nine to five, anything, you know, Monday to Friday or five days a week, even four days a week, that doesn't really allow for that space for most monotropic people. And while this is purely conjecture on my part, and maybe it's just that I've been drawn to a lot of, you know, ADHD and autistic and monotropic creative people in my life, I think a lot of deeply creative people are more monotropic, like have this ability to access attention tunnels and flow states. And it's just more natural for us because if you think about what it takes to get really good at any, certainly any of the arts, it's a lot of time and you have to be enjoying it because getting into a flow state and, you know, enjoying 
elements of say practicing or just playing right and improvising like anything that you're doing creating art it requires a certain amount of focus that i think is easier for more monotropic people so anyway i haven't seen any you know studies on that in particular but that's my guess which would also explain why when you talk to other creative people they tend to get it when you say things like oh yeah you know i'm i'm totally all in on this project it's like all i can think about a lot of creative people get that because they've been in that state or it's more natural for them. And back to that idea about the <laughs> kind of final implementation steps always being the hardest for me personally, I think that's because the initial excitement ideas feel really energized. And with that interest-driven nervous system, it's very easy to get into the meaty, difficult parts in the middle that you're really getting your teeth into to like solve creative problems, right? When you're, I mean, I'm thinking of music in particular, when you've written 90% of the piece, you are now at the point where there are correct and incorrect choices. You can't just do something completely random and different. Um, I mean, you, you can, <laughs> uh, and I've done that, but it tends to not really work, right? You are sort of, you, you, the more decisions you make artistically, the more you are kind of narrowing the set of decisions you can make next. And that element of work I find difficult, but interesting and sort of enjoyable. And then there's just the really boring stuff at the very, very end. So again, to keep using music as an example, making sure the score is completely correct and error-free and that you've written any additional written notes that explain things that might otherwise be performance practice or not clear or, you know, if you have a more visual score, right, like making sure all of that's really clear in the text, anything else that the performers need, there's the communication with the performers, there's scheduling if you're in charge of recording, there's, you know, mastering, mixing, if you're doing that yourself, which I have done that myself as well. So there's all these elements of, okay, I wrote the score, but if I'm in charge of actually doing it, there's now just a ton of little detail things that I have to do that are not as interesting my preference would always be to send the score off and have someone else be absolutely completely finishing it. That's a different point uh, in my career, I think, <laughs> for a lot of things, unless it's a commission and then they're doing it and that's great. So there's that aspect that there are just parts of the work that are easier or harder and they take different amounts of time around them in my experience. So like I might be able to just have an idea and go work at the piano for a little bit and kind of do it a little bit piecemeal for that initial excitement. And then I need really long chunks of time for the deep work of really sitting with it. I need to be able to get into flow states. And then the boring stuff at the end, a lot of it, I can do while body doubling. I can do while some, in some cases, you know, maybe listening to an audiobook if it's really, you know, just like promotion stuff or I don't know, there's, there's elements of it that don't take as much brain space, but they might still take a lot to get myself emotionally to the place where I can actually do that boring work because I hate a lot of it. If you can't tell from the way I'm talking about it. Another aspect that I think is important to know I haven't really heard people talk about this exactly in monotropism, but I assume it's related to some of the other things I know within that, which is that in the set of executive function tasks that a lot of us struggle with, planning and execution 
can feel really different. And this is really important, I think, to know when you're deciding how to attack a large project or a difficult thing for you, whatever that looks like, which is that sometimes, and for me, this means separate days, having the planning be completely separate, like a different day, and then the actual execution, a, then it can be a day apart. It can just be the day before I'm planning and the day of I'm executing. But ideally for something pretty large and creative, I actually like the planning to be days in advance because then my unconscious is sort of on it, you know, that thing where you're in the shower and you get great ideas, kind of creating space for that. And then just kind of jotting those down as they come up, but knowing that I've got this other time in a few days. So again, that's just me. I've found that to work really well for me. I really struggle with trying to plan and execute a big task in the same chunk of time. Because to me, they're both difficult, but they're difficult in different ways. So if I do the planning, my brain goes, yay, I did the planning, time to go do something else. And it's really hard to rope myself back and make myself do the actual starting stuff. Like it's a different kind of inertia for me. So again, I can't answer this question for you. How much time does it take you to create something? Because I don't know what exactly you're working on or exactly where you're at with it or how much support you have, right? There's all these factors that go into it. But the broad point I want to make about monotropism is that you might need a lot more brain space than you realize to get big things done. And there's not necessarily a lot of space and support for that in a lot of our systems. But if you do know that about yourself, you can start to play with that. Even within an existing job or school system, you can start to play with, okay, if, you know, like me, if you're like me and you need a whole day and the planning has to take place in advance, like at least a day before for say, writing a paper or completing a task at work. If you know that that is what tends to work for you, then starting to work with that somewhat, again, you may not have perfect support or, you know, you may not have people loving this when you're asking for it as an accommodation potentially. But if you know this about yourself and you try it and it works, or, you know, again, whatever time scale works for you, what it feels like for me is the difference between forcing myself to do something that feels difficult and then isn't necessarily that satisfying in the end versus feeling like I'm actually using my brain in the way that it's meant to be used. And I know that I have a lot of skills <laughs> and sometimes it feels like with as many creative ideas as I have, I should be able to complete more, which I know is probably funny if you're looking at how much stuff I've made in the last six months. Um, yes, I am getting things done, but there are elements of that that have really been a grind for some of them. And part of what I'm still working with is, okay, I know I'm very, very monotropic. I know that my brain wants to have longer periods of time to focus on one project. How do I make space for that and still keep with my commitments you know, have clients on a regular basis, right? Have people every week. And right now it's a few days a week, but you know, anyway, just thinking out loud right now, because I'm, I'm very much still working with this and I still haven't really been composing since other, again, other than a few random 
things that have kind of landed that I've recorded just briefly, but I haven't gotten anywhere near finishing a song or really put a lot of time into a classical music piece in probably close to six months, which is a very long time. Maybe, well, maybe more like four or five months at this point. But yeah, I mean, that's a long time for me. But I did that intentionally, and I'm intentionally not coming back to it. I'm not saying that it's one of my main goals, because it's not right now. I'm trying to meet some other goals in my life, and I'll just be frustrated if I try to also make myself compose good music. It is kind of fun to compose bad music. I've done that sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I do that just like late at night just because, but you know, in terms of stuff I'm proud of moving my career forward, I am choosing not to take that space right now because it won't feel good because I'm so monotropic. So a few broad questions for you, if you want to think about how this works in your own life and to sort of go back to that original question of how much time does it really take to create not just the making, but the time around it that your brain and your system needs. When have you been the most energized and creative in the past? So that could either be spontaneous creative energy or what you consider to be a very creatively productive time, even if it was not spontaneous. So again, whatever that looks like for you, when have you been the most energized and or creative in the past? And then on this monotropism idea, how might bringing more space in terms of time and narrower attention help you with the parts of creativity that require more brain space? I'll say that again. How might bringing more space and time and narrower attention help you with the parts of creativity that require more brain space? And then this is just a question I ask myself because with all of my hypnosis training, I think about the unconscious quite a bit, but what does your unconscious think that you want from it creatively? Like what signals are you giving to your unconscious about what's important to be creative around? And that might not be a useful question for everybody, but it's been useful for me because like I said, you know, My unconscious clearly thinks that the podcast is the main thing I want ideas for. You know, that's, it's great, but I don't need this many. And I would love if half of those ideas were for something else, that would be really great. But that's an issue of, for me, working with sort of how much active attention am I putting toward this and how much am I asking for my creative faculties, how much am I intentionally putting my creative faculties toward the things that I want it to give back to me. And that's, again, part of that broader creative process. There's tons of great writing out there about how the creative process works. You know, if you want to learn more about that, again, this is not just for artists. But yeah, I think there's really something here as I've, I've only known about the term monotropism for about six months, I think. Um, I learned it originally via TikTok. And I had already been working with elements of it, not knowing what it was, you know, and I knew interest-based nervous system, which is a related term, but it's been really, really meaningful for me to be able to say, you know what, I can't do all these things at once. I want to, but it's just not happening. And, you know, say for example, in 2023, one of my goals at the beginning of the year was to reestablish a regular practice routine with voice, violin, and piano. And I did do some practicing. (laughs) It's not like I did none, 
but the routine part was just not coming together. And as I kept reflecting on it, I was just like, it's just too many things. And it's fine for me to approach it as fun, like playing, improvising, just coming in and having fun. That's totally fine. But if I'm trying to make myself grow technically on all of those instruments on top of everything else that I have going on, plus I want to, you know, learn guitar and we just got a drum kit. So like, you know, I can't do all of those things in a day. It just doesn't feel good to me. And when I learned how monotropic I was, that just like released all of that guilt for me because of course I can't do all of those things and also have a podcast and also run a group program and, you know, have one-on-one clients and also be working on a book and, you know, all these things, right? Like it's too many things for a monotropic person. So again, I know I can't give you the specific answer for your situation, but a good starting point, if you're not sure how much time it takes you to create things, and if you score high on the monotropism questionnaire, which I'll throw in the show notes again, it's to double the amount of time that you think it's going to take. And honestly, for me, from where I started to now, it's been four to 10x how much time I think it's going to take. Now, can I bang something out in the time I think I can? (laughs) Usually, am I happy with it? Am I enjoying the process? Usually not. And that's what I'm personally trying to work towards and what I'm typically encouraging people to do long-term in terms of, you know, your long-term creative goals. We want it to feel good, right? We want the process to feel good. I don't want you to create something you're very proud of, but be miserable your whole life. Like, you know, the model of the white man writer in the 19th and 20th centuries. Like, eh, I don't want to live like that. So however much time you think you need to create things, if you are ADHD, you are very likely on the more monotropic side of things and you might need more spacious time. And just knowing that, just taking the pressure off around the time aspect can help with a lot of the other things like, for example, needing support while you're being creative, right? Just knowing, okay, this is going to be two weeks that I just need nothing on my calendar. Now, that's very difficult. Do I ever do that? No. Am I going to need that for this big music project I'm going to be working on at some point here? Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. And if I don't do that, I'm not going to be happy with the process or the outcome. And for me, if one of those things is not enjoyable, if I'm not happy with the process or the outcome, for me, it's not worth it. And I know that's not how everyone judges, you know, their (laughs) creative experiences or output, but that's how it functions in my life at the moment. So yeah, you might need a lot more time than you want. But I think knowing that and knowing that it's a feature and not a bug can help with some of the guilt and shame side of not working at the same pace as some other people. So I hope that's useful. I'm going to throw a few links in the show notes for additional reading. And yes, there will be at least one more episode about personal experiences with monotropism coming up soonish, hopefully. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks for being here and taking a moment for yourself. I hope the episode sparked some ideas or possibilities for your own journey. If you're looking for gentle ongoing support, I invite you to join the Like Your Brain community. It's a non-hierarchical and no pressure space to share our lived experiences together and learn from each other. Ask authentic questions, share your own wisdom, and be a part of building a safer space for folks with identities that are often marginalized. 
And if you're not yet ready to be seen in a group space, we've all been there. You can join the podcast support tier, which has a private podcast feed with some of the learnings from Like Your Brain and additional podcast content. So you can absorb on your own terms and timeline. We're here whenever you're ready. The link is in the show notes or at patreon.com slash Mattia. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash M-A-T-T-I-A. Have a great week.